With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. So welcome along to Robins on the Wire. Wow, what a 24 hours it's been. Gregor joins me now. We're going to obviously be looking back on that Manchester City game last night as we recorded this on Wednesday morning. I think we're both sort of exhausted from the emotions of it. Also going to be talking about transfers and a possible new signing in a French striker, which is rather exciting. So Gregor, let's get down to it. What did you make of last night? Yeah, exhilarating. Um, just gutted. Just... Just for one second, right at the end there, I don't know if it's the same for you, but when Brownhill burst in on the right channel of the yeah. box, and I think you were saying to me that you thought he should cross it, I I um, uh, don't mind a bit a bit of the dark arts uh, at the right time, and I think he should have gone down. There was one challenge really? in the box where I thought he, he could have maybe... I'm not, I'm not saying dive, I don't... No, I don't no, 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 I know that, what you're saying. But I just think um, many English players uh, are so honest, but there was a challenge on him that was a little bit late, um, and I just thought, and he rode it, fair play to him, stayed on his feet, tried to get the cross in. But I just think um, th- there was an opportunity there for him to... Have a penalty shout. Yeah, exactly. Put some pressure and imagine basically the south stand and sec- section 82 just... If he'd gone down. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I thought when he got into that position, I mean, ultimately he sort of skewed the ball and it went went over and went well wide. But if that cross had got, gone in, you got Flint in the box waiting, you got Gigi waiting. I just thought if he could have got the ball in, then I just think anything could happen. But of course, they broke down the other end and, and scored. And that's how clinical and how ruthless Manchester City are. But what did you make of Bristol City's performance last night? Because obviously, Horde Magnussen has got quite a bit of stick for what happened in the first half. It was the worst possible moment to concede. We were both in the post-match press conference and Lee Johnson said he wouldn't single anyone out which is understandable he's not going to lynch his players you know after that amazing cup run but I tweeted you know I've seen him do it before and look this is nothing personal because he seems a lovely man Horde Magnuson and I'll read out his tweet in a minute but before we come on to that I remember him doing that in the seven side derby when Junior Hoylet got off him laid it back to Omar Bogle and scored he did it again on Friday against Derby luckily wasn't punished that time I mean is I hate saying it but is he the weak link it's uh, yeah, it's a great spot there by yourself, and um, yeah, absolutely, both both um, circumstances very similar. Um, Just put your laces through it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think we all recognise, don't we, that Joe Bryan is like the best left back that they can have, and obviously Lee might have wanted to be a bit tighter defensively last night, hence bringing in um, Magnussen as he's done several times this season. I, I feel a bit sorry for Maggie because there were plenty of times, especially in that first half and the first twenty minutes, mm. when both teams and in fact the Robins <laughs> were playing on the uh, flying by the what is it the, the seat of their pants? I yeah. think by trying to play the ball. They were guilty of it, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's unfortunate in that his circumstance, caught. yeah, it has resulted in a goal. Whereas um, I remember Bailey Wright trying to bring it out, and he got caught. Yeah, he and, did. and he survived. He got lucky. But yeah, you, Corey you're, Smith a couple of times, yes. Walsh a couple of times. It did happen. You know, Lee Johnson said it in his 
it's post-match that it happened at other times. Um, I'm just going to read Horder Mackinson's tweet out. For those who are not on Twitter, Horder Mackinson said last night he tweeted this just after 11 o'clock. Tonight was a big night for us. We made it so far and showed everyone we are capable of greater things. I'm truly sorry for my mistake tonight and will learn from it. Now we focus on the league and do my best for a club I care about up the city. Hashtag making Bristol proud. Now, I felt so sorry for him when I read that, but sort of stand by what I said. He, he's got to learn because he says... I will learn from it. But yeah. he's done it twice. Yeah. And, and, and well, twice it's proved costly. He's done it three times and two times it's proved costly. Yeah, yeah, big games as well, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, one one other factor in his favour is, maybe he would argue, he's not really naturally a, a left-back. He's he plays obviously, there for Iceland. Yes, yeah, he plays there for his country. I'm sure he would say that he prefers centre-back. But, um, but, yeah, you're right. And, unfortunately, I would agree, he is maybe just... Um, a, a player who wouldn't be in the first eleven if everybody if is, yeah, was fit, yeah, everybody yeah. is fit, um, then I'm not sure he would be there. And yeah, I, I, I hate to single him out at all, but yeah, you, you're right. It was a big mistake, unfortunately, in a big game, and it probably mm. did cost. Um, how how costly was Nathan Baker not starting last night? Because I looked at the team sheet and I thought this is a problem. And we heard Lee Johnson say before the game, basically he was he was pretty much match fit, but it was almost like he didn't want to risk him to start with. So we had uh, Bailey Wright moving to centre back, Corey Smith slotting it right back. Now, we were saying on Twitter before the game, perhaps it's because Bailey Wright could perhaps deal with Sergio Aguero's almost lower centre of gravity, the way he wriggles around. He's, he's more flexible than Baker. But I don't know, what did, what did you think? Was it the right, yeah, was it the right I, call? Because Baker was fine for the second half, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, that. I mean, I got a, a tip-off from someone right at the very top of the club and they, they sort of indicated to me that he was fit to play. So I knew that was going to be the case. I, I actually thought he was going to be starting. Um, so then it was a bit strange to see him on the bench. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know if you noticed, but we sort of saw that they, they tweeted the teams um, quite late. From the yeah, because we were in the press room. I was yeah. like, they haven't tweeted it, they haven't tweeted it. And then they came off the printer. So they were off the printer before they were tweeted. Yeah, I, I just wondered, uh, maybe looking too hard, I just wondered if there was a conversation going in behind the scenes on whether to play him or not. Mm. And um, obviously Lee kind of hinted at something like that anyway when he explained about the full circumstances. And they found later on that he was fit to play but they'd already obviously set up. He, he sort of had his plan in place, didn't he? Mm. It's a difficult one. What about Liam Walsh in the middle last night? Was he out of his depth? And it's not... Again, please don't think I'm singling people out, but it's our job. Yeah. And also, you know, I would say, just as a, a precursor to that, it's not fair to judge him against Manchester City. And he played very well in his cameo the last time out against Manchester City a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah... He looked at like he struggled to pick up the pace um, at times. I thought he wanted a little bit too long on the ball and he yeah. was caught a couple of times. I thought in the first 10 minutes, actually, though, he did keep the ball um, moving nicely. And the other thing is, I didn't think that they missed Corey Smith in the middle quite so much in the first 20 minutes. In the latter um, half of the first half, yes, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, but in the first 10, 15, I didn't think it was it was looking too bad. Uh, for Liam, though, yeah, I think he's got all the tools um, to, to get better and better. And, we, yeah, we must not forget yeah, he's only 20 years old and I thought that was a mag um, magnificent call um, from Lee Johnson to drop him in there and just, just to show how Johnson is brave enough to uh, drop young players like yeah. that into these big games he's mm. done it before with Zach Viner up at Newcastle and, mm. and at Reading and he's done it once again last night and at half time when that goal went in it did it did feel like perhaps the game had gone I said to my other half who came along last night I was working for Sky but he came just as, as a spectator and I said 
half time, you've got to bring on Jiju and will he bring on Baker to shore up that defence? Now, obviously they conceded the second and it felt like game over. But then Pax scores that header and you're like, oh, hello. Did you think then that anything was possible? Because yeah. it was the aggregate score that was the pain and the away goals and things like that. Yeah, my worry was always that they would be picked off a little bit though by Man City because they're, they're probably the best counter attack. Did you see there. how quick... Bravo threw the ball out and it was like a wave five or six Man City players straight out it was scary yeah it was a very effective little um, uh, sort of trap that they had there where obviously when the keeper got it they had the, a little move where De Bruyne dropped into the middle we saw that a couple of times in the first half and he picked the ball up turned so quickly oh, he's yeah, brilliant suddenly, isn't he he's insane yeah yeah absolutely what did you think sense. what do you think of Sane shushing the fans <laughs> I think uh, I think their reaction said it all really with their lovely chance in the second half just banter, isn't it? I think yeah, a bit of banter. banter. Um, Pep said in his post-match that when it when he was asked, "Are they ready for the Premier League, or what? What can they do?" sort of thing, he said they are there in terms of quality of the manager and the players. Now Lee Johnson was very flattered by that when we told him about it. So, what do you make of Pep's comments? And also, what I'm surprised that none of us asked last night is if. Pep would loan players to, Man- uh, to Bristol City from Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. I, he's always going to be complimentary, isn't he? He's just lost and uh, it's been fairly close. So uh, he's got nothing to lose, has he, by um, talking up Bristol City. And yeah, I, I wonder if there is anything in that link um, uh, that's been reported between City. Obviously, Lee's got a good relationship with um, Manchester City through Brian Marwood uh, that he's talked about already. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they do get any um, youngsters on loan. I, I only think the Carabao Cup run and the matches last night can only have enhanced the club's reputation and it's just shown the brand of football they want to play. And it's only going to help with mm. recruiting further players. So um, yeah, I think it's to be expected that Pep would would talk them up a bit and um, I wouldn't read too much into what he says really myself. But uh, I was going to ask you actually, do you think this, this Cup run has been a, a good or bad thing? Because... Obviously, it has taken some attention away from the league. It's been very energy-sapping. I think the 5-0 Villa defeat was probably a delayed reaction to the energy-sapping performance of Man United, and they did well to get results after that immediately. Has this cup run overall been a good thing or a bad thing? Definitely, definitely a good thing. I think some of the nights the fans have had is one thing. Secondly, I think the use of all the squad um, in the earlier rounds against Plymouth and Watford, people like Nicholas Elias and showed like the potential that they've got. Uh, obviously, Freddie Hines scored a couple of great goals. So it's been great for those players as well. And, and that kind of helps in the longer run as well because you're keeping all the squad players happy. Um, and I also think the confidence that the senior players will have got to be... be um, Four Premier League teams on the way and obviously um, only concede those two late winners to um, Manchester City, both in injury time, um, to be top scorers in the Carabao Cup as it stands at the moment. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, all these things I just think are going to raise the confidence of the players and have long-term benefits. I do agree, though, I think it's had a bit of a knock-on effect recently um, with results over the festive period, but I'm sure that um, if they can get this win against QPR on Saturday, then we're going to see them uh, get back into form in the league. Had a question from Tony Wilkins on Twitter. If you want to tweet us, I'm at MichelleOwen7 and Gregor is GMcG, the best Twitter handle ever. He said, my question is, with only seven days left of the transfer window, is it essential that Bristol City recruit two or three players, as well as returning players from injury, to push on after their journey in the League Cup? Well, we were pretty sure that a French striker is coming in, aren't we? Gregor, tell us what's going on. 
Yeah, uh, well, it's it's a bit odd. He kind of, uh, that player, Lois, do you know how to pronounce it? I'm not quite sure, but I had to ask Lee Johnson about this in the press conference on Monday, and I went for Lois Johnny, but it's spelt um, in a French way, so we're not quite sure, but he's almost self-confirmed it, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he um, sort it's of coming changed. from Saint Etienne. Yeah, that's right. It's coming from Saint Etienne. He changed his Instagram profile to Bristol City player <laughs> yesterday, and obviously wrote a goodbye letter to the fans of um, uh, yeah Saint Etienne as well. So you better hope you pass your medical once you've done that. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously confident. Um, yeah, and uh, it looks like he's on the verge. Obviously, he was pictured as well in um, coming into London. So uh, it looks like he's on the verge of signing for the club. But obviously, Lee, Lee said last night that it's not over the line just yet. So um, we'll wait and see whether he does pass the medicals and um, yeah, <laughs> and, and signs up uh, at the Robins. Well, you're going yeah. to a presser now, aren't you? So what we're going to do is we're recording this podcast in the morning and you're going to send me back your thoughts from the presser this afternoon. So we'll have a little bit on that later on in the podcast. I've got a question from Tim Parsons on Twitter. He said, I think last night will galvanise the team. We will push for the top two. The three additions, plus Fumara Gigi coming back. Uh, he loves the spirit. He loves the belief of the players attempting nutmegs against Manchester City. And he'd love to know, Gregor, how you think this season is going to pan out now. Uh well, that second place is is up for grabs, isn't it? Still in the championship, I think they're going to have to put um, a really good run together, which they are capable of. They mm. did this um, sort of November October time, didn't they? When they put sort of a run of what um, ten wins in thirteen games or something together. Um, so yeah, if they do that kind of thing, and and they might well do, then um, then they could grab second place. However, I do think. Unfortunately, the Derby and Villa squads are maybe that little bit stronger. Just got more depth. Yeah, and also experience in a couple of games. um, Because I do worry about Bristol City, whether they can grind out the 1-0s enough. There's been a couple of close games where they could have snatched a win, like the Norwich game is a good example. Oh, yeah. And and unfortunately, Yeah, it just fell away. But they could easily have have got the three points there. So... I mean, if you're asking my prediction, I think they're going to finish in the top six. And um, I, I just love this parallel to 10 years ago where Gary Johnson it's weird, t- isn't it? T- t- took them into yeah the the playoff um, final, final and yeah. maybe Lee's going to do it again. 10 years ago to the season, isn't it? It's, it's very odd. When you look at the fixtures they've got coming up, we've spoken about QPR. That's a game they should, given where they're on the table, they should be winning that on Saturday. But, you know, look at the Norwich game. It wasn't that simple. Yeah, QPR don't play quite as well away from home as at home. I thought the game at Loftus Road was pretty close, although um, the last half an hour, actually, the Robins really dominated that game and could could have come away with a win there. Just couldn't find the winner, though, could they? Yeah, and, that, and, and you have to bear in mind, that was following the Man United game as well. Exactly, but is that a problem? Because in Norwich, it was the same story. But Lee Johnson has said to us, it's like they have to score the perfect goal. So with the option of Gigi back now, will that change how they play slightly rather than this passing football if they're getting let's say desperate in the last 20 stick Flint and Gigi up there get some long balls in the box knock them down for someone like Pato or Bobby Reid to, to knock in definitely it's another option but um, I actually like the look of this French guy if, if he does sign up uh, Louis Duny yeah I'm, I'm not going to profess to have watch loads of his games but just from it's a good uh, reputation then <laughs> yeah yeah just from his a- attributes and what I've heard from some contacts I've got in France and that he, he's obviously had a terrible season this year not even scored no I, but, but last year so you he, say last year his yeah. record was quite good this year he's been terrible yeah I mean last year though he only four players in the entire French first Division, Ligue 1, Ligue 1. Um, yeah, got more assists than him, um, and he scored a good like eleven goals or something. Yeah, I mean, getting so. into double figures is decent, isn't it? So mm. and, and at any level, his record in the in League One is um, better than Dijou's. Not obviously not this season, and that 
obviously sometimes these things don't work out and he's had a big money move to St Etienne and he's not settled there and it's not worked out for him. What sort of fee are we looking at? Well, it's, it's supposed to be a loan, isn't it? Um, the reports in France say it's going to be a loan. Interestingly, they, um, according to RMC Sport, they were saying that um, the option will be there for the Robins to buy them at the end of the season if they get promoted. Um, Interesting. Not too sure on if that's true or not. We can ask, we'll ask Lee. Um, there was a fee mooted of four million pounds or Ooh. something, but okay, we'll see. Well, the record signing at the moment is Samara Gigi, which was five point three million. Um, so I don't, don't think he's going to bypass that when we had Scotty Murray on the special podcast at the weekend he sort of <laughs> gave me a smile and realised what he'd said when he said could be two or three coming in well Lewis Junior would be one so what do you think the other couple could be I think if they bring in anyone then and, and I'm not convinced that they are by the way I think they might be looking at other options but it might depend on um, who becomes available because I actually think City are at the place now where they've got a really good strong squad that mm. can compete especially if they get this new striker in who, who looks like he's got quality whether they can bring that out on, or not we'll see um, so yeah I don't think they need a whole lot and there's also these players to come back like um, Lee was saying last night about Gary um, O'Neill not mm-hmm. being too far away Eros Pizzano is only two to three weeks away That's so, so if you're looking for a new right back we've got one coming back in there and Bailey Wright's not done too bad Nathan Baker's not injured as we've seen or, or he's going to be fine for the next game should be so um I don't think they need a lot more. Uh, I would be surprised if they do bring in anyone else, if I'm honest. Uh, Lewis Juni, you tracked someone down to speak about him, didn't you? Yeah, we did, and um, I believe he's going to give us some details now. Yeah, so this is Rich Allen, who knows a bit about him. Let's find out a little bit more about City's potential new signing now. Hi, Rich Allen here, French football writer for French Football Weekly and GFFN. Um, in Los Dioni, um Bristol City have actually signed a, a really good player, um, they've got a good track record of bringing in players from France in recent times, as we've seen. Um, Dionne's quick, he's strong, he's good on and off the ball. Uh, and as demonstrated by his time at Dijon, he's, he's very good in front of goal. Um, sadly for him, though, things haven't worked out since he joined Saint-Étienne last summer. Um, his form and confidence have dropped quite dramatically. The situation at Saint-Étienne won't have helped him. The club themselves are actually having quite a poor season. Uh, there have been managerial comings and goings, which understandably would unsettle most players. Uh, their style of play also won't have, have helped Dioni um, reach his best form. Uh, they play quite a, a defensive, with the, quite a defensive setup, uh, and Dioni playing as a, as a lone striker. Uh, he did play as a lone striker when he was at Dijon, uh, but he was also aided and assisted by some uh, you know, quite good attack-minded wingers, quite good attack-minded midfielders. They simply just doesn't have a Saint-Étienne at the moment. Um, he perhaps hasn't helped himself. Um, certainly, stats-wise, when you see that he's had no goals, no assists so far this season, really do highlight that he's a player who's struggling. Um, and it's not for, for lack of playing time either. He's been given plenty of opportunities in the first team. Um, but if you go back to his time at Dijon, um, I think that that's probably the real... Dioni, I think, and I think it's quite fair to say that. Uh, he hit 11 goals um, in their promotion season from Ligue 2, uh, when they sort of won promotion quite quite easily, actually. Uh, and then in his debut Ligue 1 season, he, he hit another 11 goals. Um, that, I think, got the attention of quite a few teams um, uh, around France, but also around Europe. Um, it was Saint-Étienne that, that won the, the bidding war and they saw off um, competition from, I think there was even some Premier League clubs involved. 
I mean, they parted with a total package of 10 million euros, which for them is a club record. So there's plenty of uh, sort of expectation on Diony going into the new season. It's it's just a shame that it's not really worked out for him. Um, so I think Bristol City will have to work very hard to ensure that his confidence can return. Um, with that, then, should see a return to form. Uh, he, he's ultimately got the talent, uh, and maybe a spell in the championship could be just what he needs. But I think Lee Johnson signed a good player. He's simply just going through a spell of poor form at the minute. If Bristol City can get him refreshed, get him refocused, then I'm sure he'll turn into an excellent signing. Fantastic to get the thoughts there of Rich Allen, who is a writer for French Football Weekly and GFFN. By the sounds of it, if Lewis Juni does come in, he could be a very good signing. So, Gregor, we're going to hear from you a bit later as well, following the press conference. You're going to check in with me later. But just before that, when we look at these cluster of games ahead, QPR on Saturday, we both think that's a must-win. Then Bolton, under the lights again on Sky, going to Bolton at this stage of the season. Bolton struggling. OK, Bristol City's form has been off, but we know all the surrounding factors. Again, that's got to be a three-pointer. And then Sunderland at home is huge the week after. So, really, nine points from the next three games is realistic. It's possible, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> you, you kind of say that and then um, <laughs> on paper it looks winnable and it doesn't always pan out that way, does it? Then might be a draw in there, might you never know. But um, yeah, definitely winnable games though and certainly you're not going to be facing this, um, the, the might of like that Wolves can field or Aston Villa. So um, yeah, hopeful that they can pick up maximum points there. Right, Gregor, I'm going to send you off to the press conference now. We'll check in with you later. So, yeah, unfortunately there wasn't any um, further updates on transfers in the press conference today. We had uh, Dean Holden telling us what's what down at Ashton Gate just now. And um, he really filled in some colour after uh, the match last night, um, revealing what Lee Johnson said to the guys after the match in the dressing room. And the message from Lee was basically that they'd all done so well. Every single player of the squad, even the younger guys, as we know, because they played a vital role against the likes of Plymouth, didn't they, in the earlier rounds? 5-0 demolition of uh, the Pilgrims and then later on that pulsating match against Watford and also, uh, let's not forget, the other Premier League sides that were ousted as well. So, um, yeah, that's what Lee wanted to pass over to the players and he often, um, he also... Uh, mentioned that basically the club needs to move on, forget about the Manchester City game straight away, focuses on QPR. Um, so everybody now has to concentrate on basically um, turning around their league form. Um, and as I say, um, Dean Holden didn't um, add anything further um, in regards to transfers. Uh, so we don't know just yet whether this French chap is going to be confirmed today. However, there has been some breaking news um, that Sky Sports are reporting that Aidan Flint has been the subject of a £6 million bid. Obviously, uh, this has come about uh, later today and uh, we didn't get a chance to ask in the press conference about the bid then because we didn't know about it. Um, I've just been giving my um, opinions on Facebook and uh, I just repeat them here that I, I just can't see Bristol City um, entertaining any bids for him unless it's a crazy amount because he's so important to the squad and to sell him... Um, would be hugely detrimental to their promotion chances. And you've got to weigh up the 40 to £50 million pounds that they could get if they get promoted against what they might get um, from Flint. For, yeah, from selling Flint. So £6 million quid really does not cut it. Um, you'd have to, I reckon, I reckon around something like £15 million quid, something like that, would get the conversation seriously started now. But even then, that might not be enough. Um, and maybe the club have dis- will decide that... No key players are going to be sold. They're going to see if they can get promoted this season and hopefully uh, 
satisfy the players' ambitions of playing in the Premier League by um, joining them uh, as well. I just want to finish today's podcast with this. Lee Johnson's tweet. I was very proud of the whole club last night. Players, fans and staff fought to the end against the best team in Europe. We want more nights like this for the Bristol City faithful moving forward. Hashtag C-O-Y-R. Come on, you Reds. I want one word out of you to sum up that cup run. <laughs> I really put you on the spot. Amaze balls. Uh, <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I've got one last thing that I'd like to add, though. Yeah. And um, there's a brilliant comment I thought from Jim White, I think it is, or the Telegraph. Who I don't know if you've seen his report, but basically he just said, "Bristol City, this is a proper football club." Absolutely. And we're going to finish on that note. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Gregor. Robins on the wire.